Tuesday, no, Wednesday. Days are running together now. Time flies when you're having fun. Or it stalls when you try to fast. One or the other. (laughs) Greetings and welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast here on Westwood One. Powered by CRTV. My name is Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with us as well. Just wrapped up our television show today for CRTV. If you're not yet a subscriber, please consider doing so. Maybe you've got somebody you care about this Valentine's Day. What a great Valentine's Day gift, right? The gift of information, the gift of being informed, the gift of being a good steward of your God-given rights and freedom and liberty, right? Is that a good, you think that was a good commercial right there? I do. I thought it was pretty good. What do you think? Good? Nailed it. I forgot to turn on the microphone for Todd, so I'm not doing my job. You're fired. Yeah. Yeah, you're fired. Todd. It was amazing. You did a great you did a just great Just for that, you gotta compliment promo. me another time. Go ahead. Yeah, you did a great promo. All right, thank you. And then I didn't do my job. So maybe maybe we're not that good. Maybe we're not all that, but you know, if you think we are, then Steve's promo still stands. Forgive me, boss, for I have sinned. You're right. Give me three public affirmations and then call me in the morning. How's okay. that? You Sounds like that? Good. Yeah. All right. Uh, but if you're not yet a subscriber to CRTV, today is the day for you. CRTV.com promo code DACE. And you'll get a discounted subscription, not just to our show, but all of the shows we make available each day here at CRTV. Let's give the audience a little preview of uh, what we put together earlier today. Todd, I'll start with you. What stood out? Well, if you thought that uh, Daniel Horowitz over the last couple weeks was maybe losing a little bit on his fastball, was a little bit too sunshiny, he's back. Nolan Ryan, the freight train, 95 miles per hour, just bringing the heat. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty much pitch black. Yeah, in fact, it was. I, I didn't say anything because I just thought it added to the ambiance. Did you notice how during his segment today, involuntarily, his lighting just got darker the more he kept talking? <laughs> yeah. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. <laughs> I felt like going. Mm-hmm. It was like Avi Satani was playing in the background. <laughs> the more Daniel talked, the darker it got. Did you notice that? I did not. Yeah, you'll see that today if you watch the show on CRTV. Which stood out to you, Aaron? Uh, I, we we got to call people for what they really are, and we did that today on Fake News or Not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fake News or Not is about as subtle as a kick to the jimmy with a steel-toed, hob-toed boot. My jaw literally You didn't dropped. see it coming. You no. Were like, no. We're going there now? Yeah. We're doing that now? <laughs> now, I'm wor- now I'm worried, because you're usually the one tells me, we really need to go there. Oh, no. It, and I'm usually like, are you sure? You're, you're almost always, oh, yeah, more cowbell. When your initial reaction to what we did in fake news or not was to look at me and say, so we're, we're doing those things, we're doing that now? I'm a little worried now. Maybe we went too far because you're usually a bad influence on me. Well, that, that was only for two seconds. And then I, you see my grin on my face okay. after that. And All then right. I was like, we're doing it? Are we, are we going? Okay. I just wanted to make sure because. No. When, I mean, I pay you to be a bad influence on me, basically. And yes. so when, 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 when you're like, uh, 
we're, we're doing that now? I'm kind of like, whoa. Maybe my maybe I've kicked my coverage. Well, here. yesterday's fake news or not, it was get in, get out. There was kind of, it was kind of the subtle, and then I just I mean this was not subtle. No, <laughs> not, not, no, no. Whatever the opposite of subtle is, then go about another ten thousand steps in the exact opposite direction, and that's what fake news or not is. I think that's an adequate description. Yes. Yeah. So it may be the very last one, so you might want to subscribe today once uh, once this hits the interwebs. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And also, if you're not yet a subscriber to our podcast, please consider doing so. You can subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you would leave us a positive review, that that is only if you like us. If you don't like us, I can't blame you. It's not like we don't give you lots of reasons not to like us each day. But if you are a person of really poor taste and you do like us, um, and, and that's how you prove you're a person of poor taste, then we would love it if you would try to help us find find people with equally poor taste as you by giving us a positive review. That would help us as well. Today is a very important day. No, not Valentine's Day. It is Aaron's birthday. Our producer. Well, golly gee, boss. Thanks for that. Yes. You turned 25 years old today. That's correct. Yeah. My wife sent me this list to share with you on the podcast. I'm going to spring this on you real quick, all right? I'm blushing. She sent me a list of the... of, of Everything else in the world that is 25 years old this year. All right? Are we ready to count this down? Oh, yeah. The internet. Really? Is 25 years old this year. The unofficial end of World War II, meaning the last two Japanese holdouts surrendered in 1993. Really? Yes. Sky Television turns 25 years old this year. Magnum Ice Cream. You guys seen those Magnum ice cream bars with the really decadent ones that are really good, no. but they're so expensive that you like want to just buy a gallon of ice cream? Those? Have you seen those? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. The Tiananmen Square Massacre hmm. is 25 years old. Intel's 486 series microprocessor. Remember how we used to follow that stuff all the time in the 90s and what grade of Pentium processor? Remember all that stuff? Sure. Aaron's like, I don't even know what that is. But uh, DNA evidence was used in court as admissible evidence for the first time 25 years ago in Florida and Virginia. The Cranberries, um, whose lead singer just passed yeah. away recently. Linger was on the uh, mixtape I made for my wife when we were dating. They debuted 25 years ago. Nintendo Game Boy, 25 years ago. Lexus. So there's some swag for you, Aaron. 25 yeah. years old. The Simpsons, 25 years old. Now, they, they, were, they were on television before 1993, but the mm. actual weekly regular television show... The Tracy Ullman show, right? Yes, yep. Yeah. They were a bit on there, but the regular weekly television show debuted then. The Iron Curtain officially fell in 1993. The Ber- the Berlin... The destruction of the Berlin Wall happened in 1993. The Cold War was officially recognized as over in 1993. Baywatch debuted in 1993. Were you ever into that? The Hoff. No. I hated that show. Never watched it. I just, I, I, I was in the, I'm a pagan in heat. I'm at the perfect age. I'm its target demo. And, you know, after you've just watched some hot chicks jump up and jiggle a few times in their bathing suits, the show was so terrible. You're just like, 
I'm I'm a pagan in heat, and I just can't even do this. That's how bad it is. But <laughs> but this thing was like a worldwide phenomenon. Made David Hasselhoff a multi-millionaire. I will say, I finally saw the Hoff uh, cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Bravo! Oh, yeah. excellent. Yes, yes. Yeah. Several nations uh, that uh, became independent countries as a result of the fall of the Iron Curtain: Bulgaria, Bulgaria Hungary, Romania, Afghanistan. That was. 25 years ago the first close-up images of neptune taken by voyager 2 25 years ago now this one todd this is going to hit us in a sweet spot you ready for this saved by the bell now did you watch that now, now this is the this is the version that's most commonly known this is with oh yeah are you kidding me oh yeah the version with Kelly Kapowski and Jesse Spano. Yeah. Okay, there was the there was the other version with Haley Mills. That's older than that. But like the the one that became a hit on Saturday mornings and like a cultural phenomenon, you know, with Zach and AC, and AC Slater and uh, Lark Voorhees. I can't remember the name of her character though, but I remember her name. Uh, how you doing, Lark? Uh, <laughs> that was twenty five years ago. <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, the Sega Genesis. Oh yeah, twenty five years ago. What do you think of that? Transformative for you, yeah. huh? Did I, you have the Genesis? I did. Yep, that's where I first played NHL hockey. I spent a lot of time. Well, my sophomore year at college was devoted uh, to Super Tech Mobile and <laughs> and the old NES. Then the next year we graduated to the Sega Genesis and playing NHL hockey all day long. That scene in um, uh, is Swingers. Yeah, with Vince Vaughn's oh, yeah. debut film, yeah. and they're all sitting around oh, yeah. playing Sega Genesis, yeah. NHL hockey. That was essentially like my last semester in college. That's all I did. Was that was that scene? Just sitting around playing NHL hockey on Sega Genesis. Seinfeld debuted in 1993. GPS first appeared in hmm. 1993. We're getting almost down to the end of the list. Remember Steve Urkel? Oh yeah, Family yeah. Matters. Yeah, Family Matters. Even I remember. You know, Steve. you yeah. you remember that, okay? And text messaging debuted in 1993. Hmm. Okay. Which of those things are you the most proud to share a birth year with, Aaron? Uh, text messaging. <laughs> of course, <laughs> the most millennial option on the list. Yep. Of course. Um, also, accountability checkup. I don't want to get blistered by Todd on, on Twitter today, all right? So I'm not like bragging about my, I'm not tweeting about my fat. <laughs> that thing you put out yesterday cracked me up. Don't tweet about, don't show us your ash and tweet about it. That's not how any of this works. Yeah, I've been building up to that for that, a couple of years. That, I finally that, said it out loud. That was so church curmudgeon. I'm very proud of you for it, actually. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Um, but I, I put this out there a few days ago because I wanted the accountability, okay? So I did finish it yesterday i did i did finish the fast man i got to i was fine till we got to about five six o'clock and dude it was tough but but i i just kept looking at the clock and i'm like i can't punk out now i can't punk out i saw it through now this morning when i went in i my my workout yesterday i did my cardio and core workout i normally do on saturdays i did it yesterday so i wouldn't break my muscles down you know without putting protein back in my system this morning, I went and did a normal workout. In fact, it was our monthly fitness testing today. When we were done, bro, I barely could see straight. 
my hands were shaking. I had a hard time gripping stuff. <sighs> Eggs are like the best food God ever made in terms of the nutrients, the amount of healthy fat mixture of protein in there. It's like the perfect nutrition food. They've never tasted so good in my entire life than the omelet I made when I got done with the gym today. Holy cow. It Even one day truly does give you more an appreciation for it. It's weird. Even one, just one day. I'm like, these are the greatest eggs I've ever had. It's amazing what one, one instance of denial will do in terms of giving you an appreciation for that which we take for granted. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that in the context of what we were talking about on the television show with Daniel Horowitz about how we don't, we're way too comfortable these days. Lent is a perfect time. I mean, you're supposed to break yourself down physically, mentally, spiritually, so you can actually grow. Um, and yeah, I mean, and, and appreciate that which is right there in front of you. I mean, you're making a perfect example of that with, with the eggs. Well, you know, when you're traveling or something, you have time to eat, and you're like, oh, man, I'm starving, right? You think you're really hungry? Right. Oh, no. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's When I got back from the gym today at about 9, eight, eight, nine o'clock in the morning, that was the hungriest I have ever been in my entire life. I, I was like, wow. And when you reach, but it's there's a transcendence there. I mean, you've, you, you're hungry on a regular basis, but are you ever really, really mm-hmm. hungry? And so it takes you to places of uh, appreciation and consideration that you normally don't exist in, and, and doors are opened up for you. Indeed. Indeed. So one week down. So it goes next week. But I got to believe the first week's the hardest, don't you think? Uh, or is the first week you're like, no, yeah, I'm totally yes, into this. Yes, yeah, I think. Is it, is it comes, comes when the when the uh, the new hotness wears off? Yeah, I think week five. I've yeah, been there, done that. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's play a little game called Buy, Sell, or Hold. Our producer, Aaron, each Wednesday at this time, throws out a series of provocative statements. Todd and I will decide, hopefully, at least one good reason why. We are going to choose whether to buy or sell said provocative statement. We are allowed once per show to place a hold. But it has to be done with extreme preemptive repentance, for you will be mercilessly mocked as a punk for not taking a stand. Aaron, you may begin. Alrighty, yeah, catching up on one that I missed, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago. Melissa Standish says, if it hasn't been asked yet, XFL viewership will surpass current day NFL if Trump wins a second term, given that the NFL doesn't learn from their mistakes. So, I don't see any chance of that happening. Under any circumstance, even if the NFL went away, I don't think they would surpass. Um, Just because it's a grandfathered-in product. And I don't think that's the McMahon's goal. I think the goal is um, to get enough of a market that advertisers come your way because what the NFL is demanding of them is an extraordinary rights fees and and marketing fees. And so you tap into that market and then either you force the NFL to either change some of its egalitarian, utilitarian ways that are threatening to ruin its product or 
they buy you out, like what happened with the old AFL. And the, this is what McMahon, if he does it right, has been tried before. It's what the old AFL did. The old AFL in the 50s and the 60s said, you know, you guys have a stodgy game. It's three yards and a cloud of dust. You know, we're going to throw the ball over the field. I mean, you, just to show you what the old NFL was like. Most, many of the wide receiver records Jerry Rice broke were owned by a guy named Don Hudson. You ever heard that name before? Of course. Of course you have, because he played for who? The Green Bay Packers. When? In like the 1920s or 30s. Yeah, guys. Yeah. He like literally played for Curly Lambeau. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So a lot of the receiving records that Jerry Rice broke belonged to that guy. Okay, so the NFL had become, you know, by and large, a very stodgy game in a lot of in a lot of people's minds. The AFL comes in, you know, let's throw the ball all over the field. Lance Allworth and all the, you know, the, the, those powder blue Charger uniforms, and Hank Stram and his his, you know, uh, modern offense with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Raiders and 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 that and that sort of renegade mentality. They they position themselves to be the anti NFL, take advantage of the NFL's staleness every bit as much as what McMahon is doing. So, I think I think you know, if you asked me, is it possible if Vince's launch is right, they got to nail the launch, guys. Okay, they have to stick the landing on the launch. They can make some bad decisions like in the middle of this first season. Okay, but the launch. They got to stick the landing on that puppy. Even the East Germans judge has to say, all right, that was pretty good. Because if they don't stick the landing on the launch, everybody's going to go back to when this failed back in 01 and 02, right, Todd? So the the initial launch has got to be like when Disneyland opened, okay? If they stick the launch, then I could buy if the NFL continues to do to itself what it's doing now. And you ask me, in 20 years, is it possible a product could surpass it like the XFL? Yeah. But just... In, in the next few years, no way. No way. Another reason I, I sell is because men just aren't men anymore. The, the market to just instinctively watch football um, because you you need you, you know you you're not on the playground anymore you grew up you 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 got your job but you, you you still need to hit something or watch somebody hit something you need uh the smell of blood in the air you need to compete um the uh, skinny jeans crowd um increasingly i just don't think that the market is thin there's just not as many men who are going to automatically tune into that level of competition so i think it's harder in that respect as gosh well. i hope you're wrong about that yeah me too uh jeremy frankel says no deal on amnesty or the wall is reached and we end up in the exact same position or same place a year from now bye totally bye totally bye on that both sides have reasons to not come to an agreement because there's no agreement the Republicans could probably get the Democrats to come to that would not cause an open revolt in the Republican base. And the Democrat base will revolt even if Republicans give Democrats everything they want because they just want the issue to hammer Republicans as a bunch of xenophobic racists with. So when you throw in each side's vested interest and in not coming to a deal, that's why there will not be one, Todd. Uh, by... Unless circumstances intervene, uh, like we talked in the show, we talked, you know, what could actually happen 
where we would wake up and react uh, to um, to actually enact substantive change. Um, but as as we've seen before, I mean, Kate Steinle was murdered in cold blood, and I mean, what what happened to her guy in court? I mean, he was a slap on the hand. Um, so it, it would take events of Herculean magnitude to wake us out of our slumber on this, I, uh, I fear. Sean White, this is from Joe. Sean White will have to give up his gold medal because of Me Too. Sell. So. Yeah, definitely sell. So. Black Panther will gross more than Justice League. This is from Fool Arc. Oh, that's the easy, one of the easiest buys you've ever had. It's going to, it's going it's, it, yeah. It, it will have, by week two, it will outgross Justice League. Yeah. I agree. And the more Bye. I read about what they did to that movie, the angrier and angrier and angrier at it I get. Yeah. Yeah, there's more stuff coming out now yeah. about... Um... Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just really angry. And the last time I was this angry about a movie is when I walked out of Star Trek Generations asking myself, how the hell do you ruin a movie that has Picard and Kirk in it? How do you blow that one? And I'm like, this next one, you guys better give me a make good. And they did, because First Contact is a freaking masterpiece. Have you ever seen it? Oh, it's great. It's, it's a masterpiece. It, it's not Wrath of Khan, but few things really in life are. But it's, it's right there. It's, it is a, it's a masterpiece. So whatever they come out with next, man, they owe kids like me and our, and our superhero underoos, our, our Hall of Justice underoos, who got up sitting in our little tidy whitey underoos, rocking back and forth in front of the 19-inch console television to watch Challenge of the Super Friends at 7 a.m. in 1978. They owe us a massive solid for whatever the hell that was last fall. Yeah, I bought all right, Oregon Redskins says Steve Dace drinks seven green teas or Coke Zeros mixed together while on his weekly fast. Um, mixed together, I think, being the operative term here. <laughs> uh, sell. I'm sure it was more than that. I, I, I peed like I count. I stopped counting at twelve. I peed like twelve times yesterday, at least twelve times. I stopped counting. I, so some of that was how much I was drinking and the other some of it was also your body was flushing stuff out you know which is weird though my energy level right now is really high like I'm totally stoked right now <laughs> I, I don't know can you guys tell I, I feel like I'm like on, I'm like lit do you guys see a difference or not oh well, you're pretty punchy yeah I'm feeling it so I, I was literally feeling like I was going to say goodbye, cruel world, before I ate those eggs this morning. And then after, ever since I, I sat down, after I ate them, I sat down for an hour and let them digest. And ever since, man, I'm like, let's do this. I'm ready. I'm crushing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's, well, it's only, yeah, for predicting the future, whatever number he said, it's only going to get. It's it's going to take more. Remember, I told you guys in my research I had found by people advocating this that if you need to find a way to cheat, to not to to not drink too many Coke Zeros because the the potassiate or whatever sweetener they non-calorie sweetener they use is more like see it's I don't get all the science. I'm just quoting what I read. All right, Coke Zero is less likely to spike your insulin levels than Diet Coke is if you're on a typical weight loss or lifestyle regimen. Mm -hmm. If you're openly fasting, 
for some odd reason, the sodium potassate or whatever sweetener in zero now suddenly has a higher likelihood because of what the fasting does to your body of spiking your insulin levels. And what is, what is used to sweeten Diet Coke is not. So here's how I got through the wall at five o'clock, man. I sent the, the wife was on the way home from her counseling appointments. She stopped at the gas station for me, got the largest fountain drink of Diet Coke that they had at the local come and go. And I popped in a couple of uh, small drops of some essential oils there. Yeah, we are your evangelical homeschooling family. I'll, I'll own the stereotype. We have those. Yes. Shoot me now. But I popped a couple of essential oils in there just to uh, drops to give it some taste, you know, some extra flavor. That got me to, and I nursed that thing. I mean, that thing was a long, tall cup of water. I nursed that for like the next three hours. And then that was close enough to bedtime that I was able to last the next couple of hours just fine. That's how I finished it out. Those essential oils are good. That's they can be. That's a real deal. Yeah. I did a great story when I worked at the register on that. Did you? Yeah. It's good uh, stuff. Yeah, that, that's only, our homage to homeschool stereotypes the is only, we have the essential oils. Yeah, the only essential oil that I have is uh, melaleuca oil or tea tree oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll use it for... Uh, opening up my nasal passages when I have a cold. Sometimes I'll use it for acne, and it's really, really great at removing um, corrosion from circuit boards as well. Yeah, my wife will swear by the, um, oh, it's not, is it pain away or something like that, which almost works like a like a Bengay. And over the years, as I've been working on my health, changing up my regimen, I've had intermittent digestive issues and so I'm telling you, the DiG's one has never failed me. I mean, I've tried some of them. They've done nothing for me. And they tell you that up front. I mean, they're not, everybody's body works differently. So some of the stuff that my wife will swear by that helps her has done nothing for me. Some of the stuff she uses that helps her or that helps me does nothing for her. The DiG's one, though, if, if you've had some issues with tummy issues or you're traveling or and you're worried if I eat this, is it going to upset my stomach before I get on a plane, stuff like that, I'd, I'd swear by it. That one has worked really well for me. All right. Uh, Brandon Nabidi by Cell. Uh, Nebraska beats Michigan out for fourth place in the Big Ten regular season standings. Well, I'm going to sell because they're in a different division, so I don't see any way that that happens. Uh, I think he means basketball. Oh, in basketball? Oh, bye. That's already baked in the cake. Their schedule is so much easier, which is not good for them. You know, it's not right now for Nebraska, it's not about where they finish in the standings. It's they need more opportunities for quality wins to make the tournament. And, you know, the NCAA uh, has changed its selection criteria this year. We're not hearing, remember how all of our lives are, how many wins do you have against the top 50 of the RPI, top 100 of the RPI? Now, what they've done is they've broken it down into quadrants. And, and so a quadrant one win is beating a top 25 RPI team at home or beating a top 50 RPI team away from home or on the road. Nebraska has none of those. We are their only quality win, but we are a top 40 RPI team, not a top 25 RPI team. And I, I would venture a guess since the tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1985, no team has ever gotten an at-large berth with no quadrant one wins even before they called them that i bet you that's never happened so i i I, for nebraska it's not about where they finish in the conference it's not about what their record is they they really need to beat it would really help them to get a matchup if they are going to get a double buy they want you know they want to not have any upsets that first two games of the big 10 tournament because that friday they want to play somebody 
who is considered a one of those other teams because they need a quality win bad. Thank goodness the NCAA tournament, basketball tournament, is like one of the most foolproof things in sports there is because try as they might uh, for the committee to screw it up with these ridiculous mental gymnastics over and over and over again, um, it's still always an awesome tournament. No doubt. Uh, but this is... Best sporting event I think we have in America, But this frankly. is dumb. Uh, if Nebraska is ranked fourth, uh, not ranked fourth, if they finish fourth in the Big Ten Conference, of course they should be in. It's good for basketball for them to be in. They've 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 done their job. I, I, I'm just... We have... Th- all of the things that you just mentioned are, are the epitome of too smart by half. Shut up, guys. Uh, with all your ridiculous, I mean, this is the this is the dark side of saber metrics and all of that stuff. That uh, Billy Bean Moneyball, you 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 guys are no fun. You're no the problem fun. Is you have to compare it though, at to, all. You have to compare it to the other teams that are in the same exact position. You know, and what what I will be fascinated by is the Big Ten and the ACC next year are going to twenty conference games. And how many are there right now? Eighteen. Eighteen. All right, and so. Every team in the Big Ten and the ACC, here will be their schedule next year. You'll have 31 regular season games. 20 of them will be league games. You will then have a Big Ten ACC tournament game. That's 21. You will then have an exempt tournament that you'll play in. That's three more games. That's 24. Okay? That that leaves you with only seven other games to either give your team some easy wins and or build your resume. If you're a team like your team, Aaron, the University of Iowa next year, mm-hmm. well, among those seven other games, you've got to play Iowa State and and either, and it's you're, you guys play, is it Northern Iowa next year, right? Okay, because you yes. played Drake yep. this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you play two other Division One in-state rivals in those other two, other seven games. So a school like Iowa, you've got five games to play around with. If you're in a really, if your league is really strong, and most years the Big Ten, we would not. It's really abnormal. Normally, the conversation we're having about Nebraska finishing fourth in the Big Ten is the conversation we have about the team that finishes seventh, eighth, or ninth in the Big Ten, right? Okay. Yeah. They just, it's a year, and that might be one of the reasons why they're going to finish fourth. The league's not as strong as it has been in the past. Uh, You look at Michigan State; they're number one in the coaches' poll. They're only they have one quadrant one win this year. Or two, North Carolina in December and Purdue that they just got. You know, when they beat Notre Dame early in the year, it looked like that was going to be a really big win. But then after that game, Bonzi Colson and Notre, who's Notre Dame's best player, got hurt, other injuries, and so Notre Dame's season's gone in a tailspin. So that win doesn't look as good right now. You know, um, and the problem that Michigan State has is similar to Nebraska is the league's just not as good as it normally is. And then Michigan State was given the easiest schedule in the league. They only play. They only play Ohio State once. They only play Michigan once. You know, those are two of the top four teams in the league right there. So there's not a lot of opportunity. If your league's really good, and for the ACC, every year it will be, playing 20 conference games will help you build a strong schedule. For the Big Ten, if you have a down year like you're having right now, you know, and it's not as big to beat Indiana or Illinois like it was when we were kids. Or, you know, you have an Iowa team that it's one of the biggest disappointments in the country and they're dragging the whole conference down at this point. 
because you have Iowa and Rutgers now that are both two of the worst Power 5 teams in the sport. That drags down the rest of your league, and Nebraska's suffering because of that right now. I agree they're probably going to be suffering, but I only if you are just sucking the life out of this by turning it into a uh, computer equation and you don't do what sports is all about, you know, the the eye test, doing your job when you're on the court. Um, I don't know. I, I, I The committee just gets – this is like instant replay to me. They keep trying to get the perfect equation, and then and they, it's don't, a problem they don't get because, it anymore. And the reason why there's no former coaches on the committee, the, the selection committee in college basketball is all administrators. And because they don't have the credentials of coaching, they're going to have a difficult, they won't, they're going to struggle with eye test, thinking they don't have the credentials for that. And so they're going to go by a lot of these metrics and analytics that make a more objective case for them to go out and publicly state, well, here's why this team's in and here's why this team is not. But put all your appreciation for data aside. We're fans. We don't, we don't struggle with the eye test. Aren't they fans? You would think, yeah. Stop making this so complicated. It's sports, guys. Joe Carter says Nikki Haley will be the first female president. Todd is like, shoot me now, again. <laughs> Future elections and oh, all that. Well, I, I'm going to sell yeah. only because... I, the math is it, because versus the field. Yeah, the math versus the field is yeah, not in her favor. That's what I was going to say. But if you were to reframe the question to say she is, she has the best path to being the first female president of the United States. I would buy that if that makes sense. Yeah, yep, totally. So if I, if I had to buy her as a stock, if you said pick a chick stock, I'm buying her. But understanding though the field is so vast, it's it's you know a needle in a haystack. Yeah. And her power is such, and Trump is so mercurial, and it would be kind of hilarious uh, if Trump uh, dumped Pence if he ran again and made her the VP candidate. I'd laugh. I, I think there's a higher likelihood of that than you probably think. Oh, there's... there's well, I think there's a higher no, likelihood of him dumping Pence than you probably think. Whether Nikki Haley, I'm not sure she'd go on that ticket. Well, would, only because yeah. she has played this exceedingly smart. But if if she's going to be one of the if she plays if she keeps down this road, she's going to be one of the few people to yeah. come in his orbit and walk out of here higher stock than she came in with. Okay, and that's because you know she has a position that lets her have a media sure. platform anytime she wants sure. that doesn't require access or permission from Trump. She gets to run her own almost her own little Vichy France over here. If you get the reference, um. I'm making she she has her own little satellite you know yeah. country of republican freedom fighters that are you know uh, giving she has a shelter refuge from being in trump's immediate orbit you jump on that ticket oh i know you're and you're not and and who knows given some of the mercurial things we've seen one year into trump's first term I still don't even think it's a it's it's a guarantee he will even run for re-election anyway. But if he had a second term and he and he knew in advance he couldn't run again, can you imagine some of the poop that would get said then? Some of the stuff he'd try then. Can you imagine what Trump's Twitter account would look like 
knowing at knowing he never had to face the voters ever again could you imagine what would and then see and he'll inherit none of that baggage none of that will stick to him at all he's bulletproof and he's bulletproof because you either already have made up your mind you either hate him or you love him or you don't care and you're probably not changing your mind on any of those things at this point if you love him, he can't talk you. He can't, he can't dissuade you. If you hate him, he can't talk you out of it. If you don't care, then you've just made your peace with the fact the guy's not your cup of tea, but if he'll do some good things, you'll, you'll, you'll put up with it. And it's, it, you know, life goes on. The people who will pick up the pieces of that and the baggage from that are the underlings, are the Mike Pence's or the Nikki Haley's if she was the vice president or the Sarah Sanders or those people. They're the ones that are going to deal with the clips of them responding to these things for the rest of their careers. You know, so if I was in Nikki Haley's inner circle, I would tell her, no way you should be on a ticket with Trump. No way. Keep doing the thing. Keep doing exactly what you're doing. Uh, Let's see. We'll go to politics guy. Jeff Zucker still runs CNN by the end of the year. Bye. Why are you buying? Because... They don't know how to get out of their own way. We're the problem, not them. I mean, they'll and if you're Jeff, Zuck, I mean, you'll you'll ask somebody like uh, NBC did uh, with um, Joy Reid, but you don't. Find, now they're just going to say, "Well, Joy, Joy Reid just wasn't Joy Reidy enough, so who can we get to be more Joy Reidy?" And that's what they do. Remember MSNBC at its outset? It actually had some ostensibly Republican slash conservative hosts who I don't remember who they were. Well, wasn't Alan Keyes? Didn't he have yep. his, or is, is, Hugh Hewitt has a show on there each week now. Yep. So, um, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, they're fighting. This is existential for them. They're fighting Trump. They just haven't found the sweet spot yet. So... He was rumored to be positioning himself to try to take over it for John Skipper at ESPN, right? Recently. Um, well, that'll go well. And your name's out there for one of three reasons. One, shoddy reporting. And wouldn't that just be karma? <laughs> of CNN. You had me at shoddy reporting. <laughs> the head of CNN having his uh, career prospects falsely reported. Okay. Um, the other reason is you leaked it out there to get posturing and positioning with your current employer. Right. The other position is um, you're, you let it be leaked out there because you're advocating for the job, right? It's one of those three. Sure. Um, their ratings are terrible. Um, I'm looking at them right now. The latest ones are just dreadful. I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell. I mean, wow. his, his channel's a joke. It's a joke. I'm not doing my career any favors by saying this, but, you know, I've done a... I've done a lot of that, so what... At this point, I'm... At this point... I've said so many incendiary things about so many people that would typically hurt your career prospects. 
I don't even know why I should even police myself now. I mean, there's just, I stopped myself from saying this and I said something 10 years ago that will, that was just as bad or worse. So let me just say what we all know, regardless of your partisan bent, their channel with a few exceptions is a joke. It's a parody. It's a parody. So, um, I'm going to sell. I'm going to say at some point when you throw in the ratings his name being bandied about for other jobs on top of your channel becoming an embarrassment. At some point, there's a price to pay for that. There ultimately was for John Skipper at ESPN, too. He paid a price for it. He's gone. That's why that position's open. There was a price to pay for it for Jamel Hill, too. She's gone. Nobody leaves Nobody leaves the 6 p.m. Sports Center to write for some offshoot blog social justice blog ESPN started a few years ago that no one's really ever heard of. No one does that voluntarily, guys. Okay, so invariably, inevitably, there's a price to pay. All right, uh, let's see. This will be our last one. Neil Hess says, 25 years from now, the DNC is spying on Trump will be seen as more serious scandal than Watergate. I'm selling that all the way. Um, I'm going to sell too. I'm going to sell too because I I am not confident. Let me say this. I, I think based on what is in the Nunez memo and corroborated by the Grassley memo and then circumstantial evidence surrounding those memos, Comey's behavior where Hillary's transgressions were concerned. Getting on the plane with Valerie Jarrett. Um, the Peter Strzok test mes- text messages. There's enough circumstantial and corroborating evidence to at least suggest the most nefarious narrative of this story is potentially true. I'm, I, may, I, I'm, I hope I said that exactly how I wanted to say it. Let me, so let me repeat it to make sure you guys, I said it right. There's enough corroborating circumstantial evidence that it is plausible. Now, I don't know that it, but it, it's plausible the most nefarious narrative surrounding this story is true. Are you guys comfortable with me saying that? Yes. Yeah. Now, what would it take? What would it take to move beyond plausible to confirmation? Well, if you know your history of Watergate, what happened? Was it Alexander Butterfield? Was he the guy who just happened to be testifying under oath at the Rayburn hearings and just casually mentioned there's a taping mechanism in the White House? Remember that? Sure. Okay. And everybody's like, what? Oh, yeah, the president tapes everything. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then I guess we don't necessarily need to do the whole he said, she said. We don't, you don't even need, you know, Mr. Dean here to play whistleblower. And what you think of his credibility? Um, let's grab the tapes. Let's see what's in the tapes. And and once once we have tapes, well, now we're in a total era, different era of confirmation. Now, I don't know that those warrants and those FISA applications are are to the level of explosiveness as the tapes of Nixon's own voice. 
but they're probably the closest we would be we are able to come to to some form of verification of this where we go from pontification to verification and you're not big you're not more explosive than watergate if we don't go from pontification to verification do we all agree on that or no agreed okay all right i am not confident he's ever going to unveil those I was somewhat confident last week when his son mentioned them, but I think that uh, I think the most likely theory explaining all of this that I've heard is what Andy McCarthy at National Review said last week. I mean, if you're Donald Trump and you have the ability to exonerate yourself and nail your opponents in broad daylight. Do you think it's in his nature not to do that? No. So why hasn't he done it? We've been having, how many times have I said on this show for the last year, he can declassify all of this anytime he wants and we can know the truth ultimately. How many times you guys heard me say that since the story first broke a year ago? Why wouldn't he do it? I think Andy McCarthy has a very plausible theory. The Democrats will not push to have the warrants and applications declassified to prove their contention that the FBI didn't mislead anybody and DOJ didn't mislead anybody to get the warrants because it will show that even if they didn't mislead anybody, it will show that up front everybody knew the Steele dossier was the reason they were surveilling Trump and it, was, it, will, it, it will show how wholly and totally reliant on the entire the entire Russia collusion theory is on that dossier from a very partisan compromise source. On the other hand, the stuff in the notes, the stuff that is said about why they want to pursue the Steele dossier, that they and, and McCarthy's theory is that that the feds believed Trump was a bribery extortion target from the, by the Russians. It's terribly embarrassing to the president and the White House. That's why I want to classify him. I want to be wrong about that. I want us to get to the truth. But I'm I'm not sure it's in anybody's vested interest for us to get to the truth, but instead to just peddle these narratives. So that's what I'm going to sell. I'm selling because we already don't have enough adults in the room to care anyways, and we won't in 25 years either at the rate we're going. Plus, even if we did care, our dystopian overlords won't allow us to have that thought anyways. And then there's that. I guess i got to save this a bunch of time. Final thoughts, Todd. Quickly. Uh, It's Ash Wednesday. Repent and believe in the gospel. Aaron. Amen. Uh, that, uh, That There's really nothing more to say than that. At all. I, re- I repeat what uh, Todd said. Not quite as poignant as uh, stand of a ditch, but <laughs> yeah. not bad, young man. Yeah. Not bad. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. That'll wrap much. it up here for a Wednesday. Have a great night. Coffee table books for everyone. Yes. <laughs> Don't forget, CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And we love to know what you think about what we think. Email us, steve at stevedacecom Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.